What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Fun V Tailgate podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart podcast feed. It is myself and Matty D talking about a crazy weekend in college football last week and looking ahead to this week on both the college football field as well as to NFL Week 4. We have our good friend Jake Goldberg on as the guest picker. Matt and I do kick off the show talking about the Eagles-Cowboys game and looking ahead to the Eagles hosting the Chiefs this weekend. This one was a blast to record. Can't wait to hear what y'all think. As always, though, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Search The Bullpen Cart wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG. Follow us on Instagram, starting to do the reaction videos to both the Eagles and the Flyers are coming back, so those are coming back too. Thunderblog Sports is the handle on Instagram, so follow us there. Of course, subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review, but enjoy the episode. Enjoy the football this weekend. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart Podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. Joining me, as always, is the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Matty D. Matt Stefano. how are you, my friend? Well, it's been a little rough for us Philly fans, okay? Yeah. It's been a little rough. From a fantasy football perspective, I'm doing much better. But, um, yeah, I got to tell you, man, it's been uh, – it was a long weekend and a long Monday. Long Tuesday. Very long you Tuesday. Know? I hate to say it, but it was a little tough there. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a tough game. Did the Instagram video and everything. Do you want to jump into the Eagles now and then jump into college? Yeah. All right. Yeah, so let's, let's do just it now. Talk. Let's rip the Band-Aid off. So normally, for those that – are new to the podcast. We have Jake Goldberg coming up for picks. It's going to be a lot of fun. We normally just jump right into college, but we do an abbreviated version of picks with Jake instead of going in in depth of every game and kind of talking about last week. We're just doing quick lightning round picks. We figured jump into at least our team and give our raw thoughts on the game. The Eagles come out Monday night football doesn't go so well. The offense had some very questionable play calling, to say the least. Three designed run plays to a running back. Nine more from the quarterback in Jalen Hurts. Some of those were scrambles. Some of those were designed quarterback keepers. Uh, the first touchdown ended up being set up off a Jalen Hurts pick where Fletcher Cox caught a fumble in the end zone. Uh, and that was really a lot about it. And Matt, I forgot to say this in the Instagram video. Obviously, most of you saw how the Eagles game went. Monday Night Football widely watched game but the real kick in the pants was the fact that the first cowboy touchdown was set up on a jump ball from cd lamb and just a reminder of and he ended up being the eagles leading receiver in terms of catches not in terms of yards dallas goddard had the most but just a real reminder of cd lamb the cowboys went up and got him the eagles could have and didn't and then they took jalen rager a year and a half ago and here we are matt but how are you feeling? You said it was a long Tuesday. 
What were your immediate thoughts coming out of the game? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to harp too much on the talking points that you're going to hear from everybody, you know, everywhere else. So you mentioned it, like coaching. How do you have – how do you give Miles Sanders the ball twice? By the way, for not only was he giving the ball twice, he got 27 yards. Yep. Like he, like he went two carries for negative yards. Yep. You know, he, you know um, And three catches and for Jaylen like 35 Hurts. yards or something. Like when he right. got the ball, Jaylen he Hurts. made plays. Yeah, Jalen Hurts like a deer in headlights. I think – I think I, I wanted to touch on maybe some of the smaller nuanced points that you might have to dig a little deeper to get to. And I, I think to start, we, we as Eagles fans had given a lot of, a lot of criticism and some of it justified to Jim Schwartz, right? And this defense was not where it needs to be. Uh, it's, it's week three and now we're going to week four, but they had played some good games, but I, I had not seen a Jim Schwartz defense get pushed around like this in the running game in quite a while. So that was a little unnerving. And actually, I really thought it started the, – the TV broadcast did a great job of breaking down what the Cowboys were doing to have success. They were double teaming. So center guards, tackles, double teaming our defensive tackles who were excellent. Um, Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, and even some other guys, some younger guys that came in. When you double team, though, if four of your five linemen are on – the defensive tackles and the tight ends involved here too. That means that somebody has to be free. And in this case, it's our linebackers. And I continued to watch Zeke and Tony Pollard get ahead of steam and instantly gain three yards without mm-hmm. even touching a body because our linebackers refused to fill the holes and play downhill. Yep. Now, you know, Alex Singleton is, there's a reason, right? He was available. Like in, he was on the practice, but he is not Bobby Wagner. Um, and EJ Wilson is a good player, but again, they, and maybe they can play downhill. Maybe it's a scheme thing, but they need to start playing downhill more where they fill the holes. And then, you know what, if something happens on the back end, it happens on the back end. The worst thing you can do is get run over. And honestly, I know you mentioned the jump ball from city land, but we, we actually did a decent job against some of their receivers pretty consistently throughout the night only to get run over by by Zeke and Tony Pollard in a better scheme, but we didn't adjust, right? We needed those linebackers to fill the holes, take that and 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 meet them instead of instead of having Ezekiel coming at you with head of steam, you're gonna be in trouble. So that was one of my first takeaways. Again, this is a smaller point because the issues weren't necessarily just this. Uh, but that was a big concern and we've never paid for linebackers since Jeremiah Trotter, this team simply hasn't paid for linebackers. And you're seeing that a little bit here. I totally agree with you. We've talked for so long about the front four and what they've been able to do. And there have been linebackers that are those hybrid linebackers and everything that have done a decent job. And I don't know. I think you're exactly right. that personnel on defense has been a problem outside of that front four of the linebacking core, the secondary, which you're right, actually played a decent game of, you know, Dak went 21 for 26, but a lot of those were like five and outs or, you know, quick slants or, or not terribly long passes outside of the C.D. Lamb 44-yard bomb. Dalton Schultz, though, I think to your point of linebacking, ends up having this incredible game where he gets 80 yards, six catches, the two TDs, and just plays. He just, I think because of the fact the linebackers were dropping back and kind of playing, they're playing zone. They weren't, even when they were playing man-to-man, weren't totally on top of one another. I think that enabled... A, the running game to be so great, and you're right, getting a full head of steam when you're not filling gaps, whether it's Zeke or Tony Pollard looking great, is just not advantageous by any stretch of the imagination. But 
when a line or a tight end starting to do it and your linebackers are getting exposed that way, it just makes, it makes it tough. And I went into the game thinking the secondary was going to get carved up. I thought Dak, who just loves to play against the Eagles, was going to have like a 350 yard, maybe even a 400 yard night, just going over the top of some of these guys, kind of embarrassing some different people. Rodney McLeod was hurt. So I thought maybe that was going to make some sort of difference. And he didn't even get 250 yards. He had 238. I needed for my fantasy team, which it's going well for you. It's not going well for me in any stretch of the imagination. I needed Amari Cooper to have a great game. He was around. He had three catches for 26 yards. CeeDee Lamb had the big catch, but he only had two others for 22 yards. Uh, total of 66. I mentioned Dalton Schultz. Blake Jarwin was almost non-existent. He only had two targets, two catches. And... You know, that they decided to go ground and pound, and you're exactly right, because the linebackers weren't willing to step up and do their job to the fullest extent. They didn't really need to to do anything else. They tried a couple trick plays where they had CeeDee Lamb try to do that reverse when they were on, like, the 15-yard line, and you know, they had a couple different interesting strategies of throwing the ball. Obviously, Schultz had the two touchdowns. They got Dak three touchdowns, but when you're able to set up the run game that well, like it's the mid two thousands and you got LT, you got 2005, Sean Alexander, something like that going. You don't really need your quarterback to have the huge game that you kind of come to expect in this, in today's NFL. Yeah, no, exactly. And I mean, and so I, I think you also saw really, I mean, again, was on the road. So I was gonna be a little more challenging. You saw a really balanced Cowboys offense. This mm-hmm. is going to be their strength. Um, I thought my other takeaway, and a little bit related to the big story, but the announcers all night kept praising this Dallas defense, in particular their secondary. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that actually wasn't warranted because I watched a lot of these routes that our receivers ran. Now, I'm not saying they were open by a mile. Don't get me wrong. This is the NFL, though, right? You know, Most of the time, some of these receivers, especially our young receivers who are still learning, even Devonta Smith, who I know is a good router, still learning how to create that extra step of separation to an extent. But a lot of these times they were open. The ball just wasn't put on the, on the numbers. A lot of mistakes so too. It was both. Right, right. But I watched, it was one in particular. Trayvon Diggs broke up a pass to Smith. But Smith was, was reaching behind him for the ball. If he was catching it in stride, he's wide open. Yeah. So, you know, one of the Same things. Same thing with the first pick. The first pick was an underthrown yeah. ball. Oh, exactly. And by the way, the pick six, Devonta Smith fell over. I'm not sure it would have mattered if he was on his feet or not. I I watched the the second half with the Peyton and Eli feed, and they were convinced that Devonta Smith doesn't fall over. (coughs) It's not, which I I agree with you. I'm not sure if it was either, but maybe I'm just being pessimistic. Yeah, but I mean, again, watching the way he was cut, like the other guys seemed to undercut it by a lot. So that's a big concern for me. You know, I know Jalen Hurts is a hard worker, and and he's got a great character. He obviously can run a little bit. But you know, is the arm strength there? Is the read is the, are the reads there? You know, this is in Oklahoma. I hate to say it, where guys are there's nobody within 15 yards because of the talent and scheme. So that was another area of of concern for me. And he's got to find these tight ends because if you watch this game, these tight ends are Ertz and Goddard are running wide wide open all over the place. Got to find a way to get the ball to these tight ends. That's a big deal for me too. They're going to be an engine for this this team's passing game. To be fair, though, they did get 11 targets. They only had six catches. Back to your point, though, about, like, the inaccuracy. It Mm -hmm. was, I think, the offensive line, like, there were some injuries that went on throughout the game. 
it just, when he was under a panic, he threw the ball a million miles an hour. And it was so far wide, right or left. Thankfully, it wasn't going over and didn't cause more interceptions. But it was this panicked, I'm showing my, like, there's the arm strength and I can throw it hard. I think it's just, I think some of it, you the deer in the headlights analogy is perfect. Because I think some of it is he, you know, has only played X number of games in 2020, between 2020 and 21. Um, he technically got into 15 games a year ago. But he only started how many of them? He started like five of them. Yeah. And this is obviously game three last night. So he started <laughs> less than 10 games in the NFL. He hasn't really had a ton of primetime experience. I don't I don't think the Eagles were on Monday Night Football once he got the starting job. So this is his first Monday night start. His, you know, they had the Sunday night game, but he got pulled from that because of the weird Doug Peterson shit. And, you know, it's against the Cowboys. Dak's coming back. It's an emotional night. I don't want to make too many excuses for it, but I feel like you know, there is something there to it of just a lot of youth on the team showing it's, you know, showing it's the youth and showing the inexperience versus the Cowboys team that was prepared and was ready to go. And I, I think you're right of that. The Cowboys defense played decently well, but there were a lot of mistakes, whether it be play calling, whether it be offsides or holding from the offensive line when they weren't injured or just, bad throws or even bad route running. I mean, some of it comes down to the fact that they're calling screens to Jalen Rieger on third and 15, but like, he doesn't really, he doesn't cut back in. He's not trying to get away from guys. He seems to like want to try to bounce off one guy. And that's all that you need to do. And maybe that worked in the big 12 when you're at TCU, kind of like you were just saying about Hertz at Oklahoma, but it doesn't totally work in the NFL. If you're not trying to make guys miss, if you're trying to just use the fact that you're the speedy guy that has fancy footwork that's not going to work the nfl anymore so i don't know if it's something where maybe you're ripping the team down to the bare bones going into a game against the kansas city chiefs and now you get to really see what this team is and what they're trying to do when they're not trying to be this fancy team that won their game their first game against the falcons and all that stuff but i don't know it's they're in a very precarious spot to see where they're going to go coming into this weekend and going forward because it was talked about a ton the next four games are going to be really hard for them and I think we're going to learn a lot. It's probably not going to be stuff that Eagles fans really want to hear and look in the mirror and see for a team that's four years removed from a Super Bowl. But it, uh, it's we're going to learn a lot. I'll just put it that way. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. And, you know, what? I don't want to totally take the blame, like when I mentioned, with the balls behind him, because you do need Devonta Smith running those crisp routes. You need They need them to find a – Rager needs to do more with the ball in his hands after the catch. Yep. Our best receiver has been and probably to me will continue to be Quez Watkins for right now. So feed the guy, right, because he's been a stud. Um, but, yeah, I mean, these other guys need need to step up more. Uh, I would Look, if it's not working, Greg Ward needs to be on the field. We know he's reliable, yep. and sometimes you need that for a young Scott. quarterback. I don't know why he's not. If you want to do these short yeah. passes – why aren't you mm-hmm. feeding well, the ball to I him? Think they think, I think they think Gainwell could take that rollover a little bit, but I am a little surprised we don't see him at all. Yeah. Like, he, not even a little bit. He had four so touches, no, and one of them was a run. There. Again, we don't need to harp on the yeah. running shit, but like, yeah, I, he was another guy that I thought could potentially, you're right, take the Boston Scott role, but then didn't really, didn't really do it, and he hasn't really done it since the first game in Atlanta. I don't know what yeah. the, the answer is going to be. It's it Looking forward to this weekend – it's just the defense, the Kansas City defense has been kind of all over the board. So maybe you see this offense 
start to figure out something. Miles Sanders maybe has a breakout game, breakout just for 2021. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, he's been in the league for a few years, and we know he's good. But defensively, I'm just concerned that, and I'm, I talk about this in picks, I'm concerned about the secondary versus a very air raid heavy Kansas city offense that maybe, and if the, the linebackers aren't playing well either, do we see a Clyde Edwards, Hilaire just complete track meet? I don't know. It's going to, it's very concerning on that side of it. Yeah. And no, I, I'm with you. I would agree. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough this weekend. Um, we're going to need to show some gusto. Uh, honestly, I kind of wish the, the chiefs were coming off a win. Yeah, that, would actually, I would actually that doesn't help either. Yeah, they just lost to their right. division rival. No, exactly. Like them coming in off a win, you're like, all right, maybe you catch the them last in the last place, but... Kansas City Chiefs. Yep, that's even more ter- yeah. terrifying, right? I mean, honestly, though, I do think it's more winnable than the, than the Buccaneers the week after, to be honest. Um, but I still think it's tough. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's going <sighs> to be it's going to be a challenge. The coaching staff, we know they they've just got to be better. There was a, um, whatever it takes. There was a tweet I saw. I think it was from the Coggin Toboggan. That was uh, a Photoshop <laughs> picture of Sirianni's beat Dallas shirt that said, fuck Kansas City. That said, no! Oh, <laughs> so the Michael no, Scott. don't say that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So we will get back to the NFL when we jump into picks, but we did want to jump into the Eagles a little bit. I know a lot of fans of the show, especially the Eagles fans, want to hear us talk about the Eagles more, and they like the fact that I'm doing the recaps again. So let us know your thoughts, what you liked, what you didn't like, what you want to see more out of, of talking about the previous week in the NFL, all that good stuff. But, Matt, let's jump to college. And two things that we've said in the last couple weeks kind of came to fruition. And I'm one, I'm putting the cart ahead of the horse here because two conferences are playing very well. But Clemson lost and is now a two-loss team. So me, I don't sound as stupid with the two-loss nonsense. But more so, last week, you and I said we are in need of a chaotic college football season. And chaos is what we got last week with Clemson losing to North Carolina State. Clemson now ranked 25th in the country. Duke completely shattering Kansas. Oh, wait, no, that's college basketball when that actually matters. Excuse me. Uh, (laughs) And we saw Oklahoma play a very close game against West Virginia, a game that West Virginia probably should have won on the road in in Oklahoma. Yeah. We saw Oregon look great against a Arizona team that's usually a tough out, kind of in a down point there. We've seen Ohio State bounce back in another – non-conference game but i feel like an important bounce back after the tulsa game we saw penn state look really good matt we are starting to see this season shake out with penn state jumping into the top four iowa escaping a loss also at 4-0 at number five oklahoma staying pat at number six actually no they fell to number six because they played so shitty and then we get cincinnati playing notre dame who's only at number nine after playing after beating wisconsin and arkansas cracking the top 10 we're in for potentially or no we're definitely in for two top 10 teams to lose this week in week five Mm -hmm. of college football chaos is arriving yeah i love it i also want to mention i really love how they're moving teams up and down based upon how they win right 
because these rankings, a lot of them were based on like like last year, right? Clemson hasn't looked good enough to be a top 10 team all year. And so I, I personally just, I love it. I'm a big fan mm-hmm. of it moving feels the like teams the AP, around based on how they win. It feels like the AP took from the college football playoff committee of how they claim they do the, the strip it down and re, re-rank them. It sounds like the AP is finally adopting that, which when we get the first college football rankings in like a month, it's going to be really fun to see, to compare the two and see where they're yeah. at. Oh, absolutely. I think it's going to be great. Yep. But continue. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to jump in on you. No, 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 no. I'm just saying I, you know, I really like that. I, I think, you know, you're seeing some teams. It's great to see a team, you know, like Arkansas um, have success. And hey, you know what? They've been great this year. Get them in the top 10. We're going to, we're going to learn, you know, we're going to learn pretty quick what, what they're going to, if they're going to be good or not this coming week. Right. So we know right off the bat, like, hey, this team's good or bad. It's not going to take long for us, but if they're good, they deserve to be up there. Um, so good for them. Yeah, and I think it's interesting just not to go full. It's not a college football ranking, it's still the AP. But I just think it's so interesting that teams like Michigan, BYU, Ole Miss, who plays Alabama this week, are undefeated and aren't getting ahead of these teams that have lost. And, and rightfully so, because Oklahoma, uh, not Oklahoma, Florida barely lost to Alabama. They're getting blown out. They almost came back. They almost completed it. Ohio State, obviously, they lost a few weeks ago, and uh, you know they're they're playing well. There's a lot of expectations surrounding that team and what they can do. But it's going to be really interesting, I think, to see these teams that maybe are starting to get chips on their shoulders of whether it's Ohio State losing to Oregon or Michigan seeing their their big rival hang out there. Now, obviously, Michigan has played, you know, kind of a, an interesting schedule. They now play a Wisconsin team that they're actually underdogs going into this game at. But they play they play this game where Michigan didn't cover the spread last week against Rutgers, a Rutgers team on the rise. And Wisconsin now coming off this Notre Dame loss of, you know, are we, we're going to learn a ton about Michigan and see where, you know, in a year where people threw Harbaugh right onto the hot seat and said he is the Power 5 coach to watch – intently to see if he gets fired or not. And now they're 4-0, but they're still in the middle of the Power 5 rankings. You mentioned it. We're going to learn a lot about Arkansas. We're going to learn about a lot about Cincinnati and Notre Dame, a Notre Dame team who you've been very critical of. They've kind of escaped games that maybe they deserved to win or didn't deserve to win. Their week one win now looks like a complete like half a win because the Florida State stinks. And Cincinnati, right. a team that you know has the Power 5 announcement of joining the Big 12, but is really looking for their seat at the table and could potentially make their way into really showing that the the UCF argument from a year, however many years back was valid enough and this team could do it and maybe under the right st- circumstances can. I mean, Maryland is undefeated playing Iowa. I know I'm just running through the slate now. But we're going to see, I think, a lot of really interesting football coming out of this week. And there's only... I think like three ranked ranked games between ranked opponents. Um, Baylor's surprisingly hopping back in into the rankings and playing really well after a number of years of just being in a very weird spot as a program, kind of a dark spot playing Oklahoma state who is playing really well. And I think, you know, maybe in a swan song to bedlam, maybe we, we build to that, but it's, it's super exciting to see where college football is. Cause 
we kind of went into this year thinking, is it going to be a boring same four type of scenario? And then Oklahoma, or uh, then Oregon, the stupid O's keep throwing me off. Oregon ended yeah. up being really good. Clemson, not so good. And we're continuing that trend. So it's exciting to see. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I think it's fantastic what we're seeing right now. Um, we got a lot of new teams, which I'm always a big fan of. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. So, um, you know, starting there. And uh, yeah, I do want to, I want to mention that because obviously Alabama is still at the top of the list. Definitely deserve to be number one, even if it was a close game against Florida, Florida is a good team, but the one, the one I'm very intrigued because I don't think Mississippi state has gotten any recognition. They deserve a little bit. So the reason I say that is they've got a quarterback corral, uh, who, who might be a Heisman candidate. If he can have a couple really strong games, um, and, and so I'm interested to see how they do um, against Alabama. That defense maybe not as strong as people you mean, expected. You mean so Ole Miss, not Mississippi State. Did I say Mississippi State? You I'm did. sorry, yeah. But Matt Corral's the guy to look for there. Mississippi State Lane. I mean, so I did it again. Ole Miss. Um, Kiffin's got him playing. So we'll we'll see what happens. But I think they're I think they need to be paying attention there. Yeah, but I mean Mississippi State has an opportunity here to kind of make the SEC West a little more interesting playing A&M. So I, was, I thought you were building into that with seeing what Will Rogers has done and all that sort of stuff. So that, that's a game to watch out for, seeing where... Oh, Mississippi State as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But go ahead. Yeah, Sorry. seeing where that yeah. game goes. Because uh, A&M, a team who a year ago, there was a lot of discussion of did they could they potentially have made the college football playoff, all this sort of stuff. And now they, they come in to a game against Mississippi State they should win. They're only a seven-point favorite. And I think part of that is they just lost. But I think part of it is that the SEC West, I feel like, at least right now, with Alabama being kind of in a, an interesting spot of barely beating Florida, Florida still looks really good, so on and so forth. But the SEC West seems the most attainable to non-Iron Bowl participants in a very long time. And if Ole Miss pulls it out, you know, who knows where we're where we're going in a couple weeks. It probably means that Alabama runs the table through it and still ends up winning the SEC West if they lose either this game or to, to Arkansas. But you know what? The storyline is great to see that kind of thing going on. We've seen it a few years where they end up where Alabama loses to Auburn at the end of the season. Doesn't mean in the one year obviously they didn't even make the SEC championship game and made it to the college football playoff anyway and won the whole thing. But I don't know. It the fact that the SEC isn't as easy of a right one or the other, and obviously Georgia is undefeated and looks really good, and I feel like we're kind of because they're ranked below Alabama, we're just kind of writing, not writing them off, but we're just not talking about them as much. They're sure. playing Florida in a couple weeks, and that's going to be a very, very important game, probably the most important game until the SEC championship. But it's going to be, I don't know, it's going to be fun. I, I'm really excited for it. I think the Pac-12 is becoming more and more interesting, but it might turn into Pac-12 cannibalism if if we're not careful with Oklahoma or with uh, mm-hmm. Tulsa. I did it again with Oregon, so I don't know. It, it's it, but it's like something where like these teams that we kind of didn't think could be that good are starting to be better. Like UCLA, we thought like oh the the magic ran out. Now they're starting to look good again. Arizona State's not ranked, but I think Herm Edwards is putting together a sneakily a solid program. So I'm excited to see what they do. They play this weekend. I don't know. It's going to be really fun. Yeah, and no, I agree 100%. And, I mean, to your point, there's a lot of teams out there that still have a chance, right? And um, still have a chance, like a legitimate shot, you know? And and because, to your point, two of the big dogs, 
lost and won in particular, in my mind, at least in, in Oklahoma, looks like they could make a mistake. I'm not saying they're going to lose. Right. And, you know, but even Alabama has shown some issues, too. So it's fun right now. It's a fun time to be paying attention. I mean, that's for sure. Good games like every weekend, too, which is just so important um, in college football. So I don't know. Where is um, where's game day this uh, this coming week? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. And okay. Alabama Ole Miss is not at the Grove, which you'd think that it would be obviously the, the famous Katy Perry taking the helmet off, uh, the he- headwear <laughs> off of Lee Corso. I know the That's Notre cool. Dame game's on NBC because I saw a million commercials for it during the Ryder Cup. Um, <laughs> so I doubt it would be there. Um, could it be at Georgia? I'm going to look this up right now. Uh, college game day this week. Um Speaking of the Ryder Cup, though, a lot of Coastal Carolina shout-outs during the Ryder Cup, and they're still yeah. looking very good this week. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know that they – I think they're the the more UCF-like team of they'll probably stay undefeated for a while and then you know maybe even make it as the group of five team into the, the CFP Bulls, although BYU is undefeated right now, so who the hell knows what happens there. Well, that's exciting, you know. The non-power five getting a uh, yeah, getting a ton. It isn't college game day. Is it Georgia this weekend uh, in makes Athens? Sense. So that makes sense, which will be fun. I feel like we'll get a lot. Um, Master and Apprentice. The um, for those that don't know, the Arkansas coach is the he came from Georgia. He was their defensive coordinator before he left. I know he's been an offensive line coach. A, yes. at a, he's been a line coach a ton of places. I just heard a really good interview of his on uh, Pardon My Take. No free ads, but they're the they're the OGs of all this stuff. Um, <laughs> going to be a really good game. Very excited to watch. Um, probably won't see it because I'm playing golf, but you know, it is what it is. Hopefully I actually get some bets in this week. Uh, didn't last week because of golf, but hopefully this week. And... I don't know. There are some interesting lines. You mentioned it. We're getting good games week after week. When we kind of thought we were getting snoozers, even that second week when we were kind of like, oh, what's going on here? But like Penn State's less than a two-touchdown favorite against a Indiana team that's 2-2 two and two, but is always a tough out in Big Ten play. Um, we have some really good... I think that's... I think that's and look, I, I have been high on Penn State, and I think they win, but that's an upset special that you need to pay attention to because, because Indiana is a good team. I'd agree if it was at Indiana. State- this is at Penn State. I think you're right. They should take care of business, but they need to be careful. Right. But you just you just got to pay attention against a good an Indiana team that started the year out ranked. You know, you got to make sure we're, they're they're just dotting their eyes and crossing their T's in my mind. Yep. The only other Big 10 one I want to bring to your attention and please explain this to me. Why is Michigan State only an 11 point favorite against a 1 and 2 Western Kentucky team? I don't I just heard the polls I don't think the pollsters trust Michigan State yet. They have had a couple decent wins, by the way. So I say that, you know, don't be, you know, nervous. Like, like they've had some good wins, but maybe they're just a little nervous about that team. I don't know. So do they trust them yet? Again, I don't have an answer for you there. So, yep. But we're going to find out, right? Yep. Yeah, so Clemson, 15-point favor. We don't really talk about them uh, in picks at all. So I think they're a good one to end on. Obviously, they lost last week. We had the Paul Feinbaum discussion of Dabo's dynasty is done. 
which I feel like is a bit of a hot take. I feel like Clemson's just a yeah, little, it's a little premature year. in my mind. Yeah, it, well, it's Paul Feinbaum. It's SEC nation right. and all that nonsense. Um, of course. But, Matt, let's talk about the – and I'm not even going to try to pronounce DJ the quarterback's last name. Oop, nope, not going to try it. Um, him being a little down, the defense playing kind of interesting football. What What is your take on Clemson and then – them playing BC, a BC team who's played some really good football, but also played Colgate, UMass, and Temple before beating a, an SEC team last week. But give me your take on Clemson before we. Uh, yeah, talk I mean, about look, this, I mean, this is a date that Clemson should be. They need to come out and play because this they're not they're not playing good enough football right now to not you know they have to come out playing well you know because their offense is struggling. You can't just it, look. They they got a lot of talent. I think I think their quarterback will be okay, but it's you can't just replace some of this superstar talent constantly, right? And expect to there's going to be hiccups. I also think Clemson's offense is a little bit old school, right? I don't know if they have the same spread concepts that we see from you know even Alabama nowadays. And so one of the harder parts there is you've got to integrate a really good you know, you got to integrate these guys into an offense that's a little more complicated, a little more NFL-E to an extent. Um, and maybe Trevor Lawrence was better than we thought in college and kind of covered up, and Deshaun Watson before him, you know, kind of covered up some of the offensive deficiencies. They've replaced so many guys. The ACC, in my mind, is still theirs for the taking, right? Like, that doesn't make me nervous at all. Um, I think they win the SEC. I mean, the ACC somehow, excuse me, even though I know they lose 10 State, who's now rightfully ranked. But, again, I you know, I agree. I mean, they, they – they need to be paying attention because they don't have the offensive firepower at the skill positions that we've seen recently, right? No ETN, Justin Ross, you know, not hundred percent. So I'll be interested to see. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see what they, they do this weekend. A BC team that I think is, you know, this four and I mentioned it. They played Colgate, UMass and Temple, all of whom one is an FC- FCS team. The other two are not very good. They beat Missouri, who's an SEC team, so give them credit there. But, yeah, I think you're right. They need to come out strong. They need to not take their foot off the gas and play well. You know, they're now 1-1 one one in the in the ACC. I think the ACC is a little up, like you mentioned, um, although not really showing it in terms of record. The the alliance for them, they're not really holding up their, their end of things, although I did just say like five minutes ago that the Pac-12 could, could cannibalize itself. And if Oregon's not careful, they don't hold their end up of the bargain. So we'll see where it goes yeah. from there. But the fact that there are so many SEC, Big Ten, Big 12 teams that are ahead of even just one ACC team in the poll is, is kind of nuts. And I feel like it's the pollsters responding to the ACC being a lackluster conference outside of Clemson sure. for the last however many years. And finally, the fact that they lost to one of their own. I mean, it's why they dropped so many spots in the rankings, at least I, I think. Um, yeah. I don't know. It, it's something that I think you're right. I think it's a little higher than, than what the pollsters think. But I think they need to prove something else, both Clemson and the rest of the conference, before anything seriously ha- serious happens. And whether that's, you know, Penn State takes a couple dives and, and loses a couple football games, Ohio State. You know, gets in the mix somehow. Iowa loses a couple football games. The Big 12 starts to pull a Pac-12. I don't know how the ACC claws its way back into this. 
Uh, I was kind of kidding with the I was right, the two two loss team is getting in there. Clemson is the only two loss team in the top twenty five, and they're ranked twenty fifth. By the way, um, <laughs> so I was pretty much kidding. Although I hope for bigger chaos to finally see it. Although I'd love to see a non power five team. I'd love to see Cincinnati actually get in. We got to see them beat Notre Dame this weekend, but baby steps. Matt, any last thoughts college football before we uh, send it over to picks? You know, chaos reigns, but Alabama still number one, right? Number one. So isn't that interesting? Interesting doesn't matter what's going on around them. They find a way to be a top three team pretty consistently. So, and I and I think they're only going to get better. So I I got to tell you that scare from Florida might be the best thing for them. Um, it probably is very for, intrigued. For Saban, yeah. more so than any any member of that team, I think. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah, uh. right. He was like, "Hey guys, wake up!" Okay, Bryce Young, don't sleep on him. You know, the names aren't there offensively for him, which might be why. But a really good, really good Alabama team and a really good Alabama quarterback. Well, I think like we've seen, and they obviously haven't lost yet. But kind of going back to that of the year they didn't make the the pack or the. SEC championship, but they still made the playoff. And yeah. it was the Jalen Hurts versus Tua, that whole thing. Tua comes in the national championship game, throws the, the bomb to Devontae Smith, and that's you know that's all she wrote. I mean, I think it is something where Saban, I think the best defining characteristic of his dynasty is that he has changed his coaching style. He's been able to adapt on the fly. And I think it's probably like I think it's wrong to say that Alabama's in, in any sort of serious trouble because of the fact that they almost blew a 13-point lead or whatever it was to Florida. Yeah, no, I think good point. Mm-hmm. But let's send it over to picks. We have our good friend Jake Goldberg on. You guys might remember he was a guest picker last year. He then came on with his dad, Mitch, uh, before the last week of the, the regular season in the NFL. We have Jake on here. We do lightning round picks. So let's send it over to Jake Goldberg. All right, it is time for picks, and we are pleased to welcome back on a great friend of the podcast, all the way from the Great White North. It is Mr. Jake Goldberg. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Thanks for having me on. Oh, doing great. You know, excited to have you on this week as the guest picker and go through everything. Kind of an interesting second week where I was the only one to get the college pick wrong, but I went three and three, so I did the best in the NFL. Emily and Matt both got their college picks right. Emily went three and three as well. Matt, once again, went two and four, so I'm technically two games up on him on the season so far. And Jake, Emily is now the leader in the clubhouse in terms of guests at three and three. So let's see a break 500. All right. You guys want my CFL picks first? Oh, that's great. That'd be be a fun little bonus end. See Matt and I try to break something down. But so for those that are new to this, it is week four in the NFL. Jake is on as our guest picker. We are going to do five NFL picks, one college pick. We do this as a snake draft, starting with Jake as the guest. I was second last week, so Matt will go second. I'm third, snaking it back around. We're going to go lightning round style because Jake is on some short time here. So Jake, without further ado... Lead us off. What is your first pick? I'd like Washington, the Washington football team, one and a half point favorite. Good defense hasn't showed up yet and uh, time to get back on track. I don't think it hurts either that they've had about 10 days off. That's solid. No, no serious breakdown because we want to go with the lightning round. Matt, what do you got? 
Yeah, so I'm, I'm happy to jump in here next. I actually like the Detroit Lions to upset the Chicago Bears at home. They're two and a half point dogs. They played great last week and lost on a miracle field goal from an all-time great. But still, I think the Lions with the tough coaching staff, I think they beat a Bears team with with uh, quarterback turmoil. So they're my they're my first pick. That is a hell of a pick out of the gate. I am up next, and I am going back to the well, Matt. I hate them. They have covered the last couple weeks. They won last week against the Seattle Seahawks. They host the Cleveland Brown this week, and I have the Browns covering the two-point spread. I think that Kirk Cousins has been great in his last 10 games. His like, over prop bet is like 9-1, and one, but the Browns looked really good last week against a Bears team that you were just talking about that's in shambles. That uh, I like the Browns to go on the road and take care of business against the Vikings. I think it's a high-scoring game over 51.5, so I'm going to slam that too, maybe go a little parlay. But Browns minus two is my first pick. And my second pick... Um, you know what? I'm just going to roll right with them. Another team I picked last week that did well against a much better team than they're playing this week despite quarterback injuries to the Indianapolis Colts. I almost call them the Oklahoma City Colts. I don't know why. But the Tennessee Titans are playing the New York Jets. They're seven-point favorites on the road, and I think the Titans smashed the crap out of a Jets team that was abysmal on offense last week, and them getting seven points at home or getting back seven points at home, I feel like it's too little, even for a home game, Titans minus seven. All right, I'm going to stick with the underdog story here, okay? Okay. And I'm going to go with the team that you just mentioned. I I think I've got another upset for you. I've got the Indianapolis Colts upsetting the Miami Dolphins on the road. The Colts are a way better than 0-3 team. And the Dolphins with Jacoby Brissett, not my cup of tea. So I think they get back on the board here. The the Colts get back on the right track in a winnable division um, against a banged up quarterback um, room, if you will, for the for the Dolphins. It's not Ryan Fitzpatrick walk, rock, walking through the door. Yeah, I feel like we might talk about this either whenever we decide to talk about the NFL. So we might have already done it, listeners. So apologies for the time traveling. But I feel like that Dolphins Raiders game is a little more about the Dolphins showing life than anything else. Um, I think you're right. They fall out here. But Jake, back to you for two picks. Well, I'm just going to I'm gonna back uh, Matty D here, and I'm, I'm going to go with – I have this on the list of Indianapolis. I don't even need the, the two and a half. Well, so now – so Jake, up. because he took the Colts, that is off the board. Oh, I did not so take the Colts. oh, all right. Then I'll go to my next one. Carolina, four and a half point dogs. I don't think Dallas is that good. I think the Eagles – sorry, guys. They're I not a good it. team. Uh, oh, wait, I don't love that. Damn, I didn't know you were going to say that. Ah, crap. I'm taking Sorry, Carolina four and a half points. That's that's the uh, – I think they're a good team. I, I think Dallas is overrated. So, Matt, a, a fun fact before we get Jake's second pick. I meet Jake in high school, find out he's also from Philadelphia, and the whole preseason in football, I'm like, oh, the Phillies won again. The Eagles won again. And Jake finally does exactly what just happened with you uh, I after a week of I got to stop you here. I hate the Eagles. And I hate the Phillies. I'm a Giants and Mets fan. So you fell for the same thing that that, you, that I did. So welcome to the club, Matt. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> but Jake, what is your what is your second pick? Second pick, I am going to go with with uh, San Francisco, two and a half point favorite. Um, they are playing Seattle, and they are playing Seattle. Yes, they are. My notes aren't wrong. Seattle looking good. Um, I think Lockett. 
that Lockett uh, Russ connection can't happen a th- another time, another week in a row, another 60, 70 yard pass. You're talking about a better defensive line, uh, which means less time for a deep ball. I think the Niners look great. They should have won that game. They should be undefeated if, if they didn't let Aaron Rodgers walk all over them in that last drive. Um, I love San Fran two and a half points here. Solid. Solid. Matt, what do you got? Heading back my way. Um, I think there's a team that's going to get a little bit exposed this weekend. I'm taking the Rams at home to, uh, to provide a little bit of a beatdown on a undefeated Cardinals team. It's a big matchup. The line's four and a half. I think the Rams win by over a touchdown. Uh, not, not as high on the Cardinals as some people are. Maybe they'll prove me wrong, but they haven't faced an Aaron Donald yet and a Jalen Ramsey with a banged-up DeAndre Hopkins. So I'm taking the Rams to cover against the Cardinals. You bastard. I was going to take that pick. Uh, yeah, that's a great one. Sucker. I Love being – Right in the middle works out well for me. Yeah, it does work out pretty well. Um, yeah, I'm sure this is another one we're going to talk about, or another team we'll talk about in, in great detail. Um, but I'm up next, and uh, do I go against another team, or do I go with a different game? Um, I really want to go with this one game. That's going to be really fun, and I hope that I get in time. I get home in time to at least see the second half, but I hope I get in Home in time to see a good amount of this game because I'm going to the Eagles-Chiefs game. Uh, But you know what? I'll go with it. Uh, The Packers and the Steelers. The Steelers have looked absolutely hopeless in the second two weeks. In fact, there was a tweet I saw when they were losing this past Sunday about the NFL is launching an investigation to see how the Steelers actually beat the Bills in week one. Packers, (laughs) kind of the reverse, played like absolute dog shit week one. Have looked good. Jake mentioned it, though. They played a very close game that they probably should have lost in San Francisco on Sunday Night Football. Um, and they've gotten a decent job done of, you know, Aaron Rodgers looking pretty good since then. But I like this game to actually be close. I know the Steelers have a lot of work to do. Their offense, Big Ben, hasn't looked great. I just think that Ste- that uh, Packer defense has been good, but I feel like it's punching a little above its weight class. And I feel like the Steeler defense is going to slow down at least Aaron Jones a little bit. DeAndre... Uh, <coughs> Devontae Adams, excuse me. Um, I almost said DeAndre Hopkins. I feel like it's the X factor here that might make the difference, but a whole touchdown at home. I'm going to go with the Steelers plus six and a half to keep this thing close and uh, have Aaron Rodgers have some sort of magic escape artist type of victory in this game. Uh, but it's still me. And ooh, this is fun. I'm trying to pick between some of these other games. I am going to go, you know what? I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens visiting the Denver Broncos. The Broncos defense has been really good, but I do not think Teddy Bridgewater is going to be blowing out the Ravens defense. Like I think Lamar Jackson can do on the opposite side of things. I think Mark Andrews is posed for a breakout game, even with that solid front seven that Denver sports. I'm going to take the Ravens to win this game. So Baltimore plus one as my fourth NFL pick. You stole mine too. (laughs) I know. I should have taken it earlier and I knew I should have taken it. God. All right. Uh, Boy. Okay. 
Well, we're gonna jump back. I, I love. I'm gonna take. I don't want to miss Saturday. I'm gonna take this Monday night game. Okay, that's a, a good one. It's yeah, Chargers in Vegas. It's actually a really good game. It's a super important game too for both teams, right? I think for Vegas, they've probably got a little bit more on the line. But I got to be honest, I really like them in this game. Um, I think that. I'm sorry, the Chargers. Excuse me. I, I messed I was about up. To say, there. I yeah. I would go against you if you took the Raiders. No, I'm I'm taking the Chargers to win this one. I think you know, good good start for the Ra- Raiders, but there's a reason they weren't highly touted to start the year. I think the Chargers and Justin Herbert can really expose that, and as well as a really resurgent, underrated Chargers defense. So I'm taking the Chargers to cover that three and a half, win by maybe ten points um, against the against the Raiders. The Raiders. Yeah, so Jake, just to clarify that again, you're allowed to go against someone's pick, but you can't match it. So like, yep. if you want to take the the Raiders plus three and a half, you could do that. I as do- all Jordy's fault for not telling you that. Go ahead. <laughs> Most unpredictable team. I'm staying away from that Monday night game. Uh, I don't I don't mind the pick, but I, honestly, those are the two teams I lose most on are the Raiders and the Chargers. <laughs> they have no idea what they're going to do. I'm going to go with somebody a little more predictable. Tom Brady going back to New England. I, they're going to win by more than seven points. Let's be honest, guys. They're going to destroy the Pats, who've looked terrible this year. And uh, Brady is going to have three, four touchdowns and just rub it in their faces. <laughs> uh, like I'm shocked that, that line seven, by yeah. the way. Like, I really am. Yeah. I, I thought feel that like would it's be a to little... like try to entice Patriot fans to try to maybe bet <laughs> to bet on it. I don't know, or maybe, maybe they're moving the line. Maybe they're moving the line, could move. Right? I mean, it honestly, could be seven and a half by Sunday. That's that seems like a very plausible <laughs> I or thought of, or even to eight because I feel like Tampa money's going to pour in on Tampa. But sure, who knows? Yep, it, it probably should. I mean, I should probably get my money in before it starts to move, right? Yeah. And the the last one for myself for the, at least the NFL slate is going to be, and I'm, again, sorry about this, guys, the Kansas City Chiefs. I uh, had one bad quarter of football this year, and they are going to dominate the Eagles. Yeah, that was going to be my last pick if it was still on the board. I uh, I totally agree. How could you, Jordy? How could you, Jordy? Go ahead. I thought Dak Prescott was going to carve apart the Eagles, and it, I said it in the Instagram video that it ended up being the run game on both sides that made a huge difference. And uh, I think you add Travis Kelsey, who – Four years ago when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, he's the reason why they were 13-1 when Carson Wentz got hurt. And you add Tyreek Hill, you add that, like, back half, if you want to call, like, their five-man wide receiver core, like a pitching rotation, the back half of that, like a Pringle, like a Mikkel Hardman, I feel like they could have a huge game along with Tyreek Hill. Uh, I just, I'm going to bet the over and, and enjoy it while I'm at the game and or enjoy that part and be upset that the Eagles stink that much, but... I don't know. They lost the Cowboys, so I'm in complete disarray, and the Phillies losing the Braves. It's the worst-case scenario, and Jake's loving it. I am. I'm quite enjoying this. <laughs> Did you know, though, Matt, that the Mets set an MLB record this year? No, but I'm excited to hear what it is because it doesn't sound pleasant, and Jake's he's gonna. I think he's going to be upset. So, guy, what's the record? They have the most days in first place in a division, but also finishing five under 500. In one single MLB Ouch. season. Uh, very apropos for the Mets, just to be honest. <laughs> Sorry, Jack. Yeah, Sorry, now you slandered my... Well, yeah. mm-hmm. First place is actually... It's pretty rare. I mean, I, I can see that because the Mets, or no team, finishes... Uh, does this well for this long and then just falls off a cliff. 
<laughs> I mean, the yeah, Nationals were doing well, and then they just traded away everybody. What did, did the Mets trade away people? No. They they bought they bought no, they players, traded right? for your yeah. uh, uh, a fan favorite I've heard is um is uh, Javi Baez. Baez so yeah oh yeah didn't he flip him off the other day or what did he, he did hey yeah, Mr he Met did, did too so I mean isn't I think he just <laughs> I think he just thought he was a part of the crowd <laughs> uh, but Matt we come back to you yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna take it's always a really tough game to pick but I'm actually gonna take the Thursday night game oh. So Jacksonville visiting the Bengals. So I'm going to take Jacksonville just to cover. I don't think they're going to win, but I'm taking them to cover the seven and a half point spread. T Higgins is out for the Bengals. He's been a very important receiver for them, arguably tied with, with actually Tyler Boyd there for most important over Jamar Chase. And I think, I think there's enough talent in Jacksonville to keep this game close. Um, also a trade happened. Just, just we'll note this quickly because we'll move on, but um, Jacksonville traded away their one of their corners, C.J. Henderson, is having some issues with them. They picked up Tom Arnold, the pass-catching tight end for the Carolina Panthers, could become Trevor Lawrence's good buddy. So I think that's important. Um, and so I am I am in on the uh, the Jaguars to again just to cover this week. Okay, okay. I love that reasoning. I feel like that's some insider info there. These guys. I went deep there, didn't yeah, I? Go did. deep for you there. <laughs> Maddie's like the. It's the Adam Schefter of this podcast. Also, Thursday night games end up being so close. Like, you think games are going to be absolute blowouts, um, and they go complete other other ways. Um, this leads me to two really shitty games of Houston and Buffalo, where Buffalo's a 16-point favorite. Houston, this is almost like the same logic as them playing the Browns a couple weeks ago, where they're, they're a pro team, they should be good. But the Bills just decimated a Washington football team who like really is getting exposed of this, the hype train that was the false flag. I'm going to stay away from this one. I'm going to go to the giants and the saints in kind of a, a strange game. The giants who we want to see a lot more out of, or at least we thought we did with Saquon being back and a saints team that at times looks like they, despite all this different drama with injuries and, you know, the Taysom Hill might start at the beginning of the season stuff, and, and Jameis sometimes looks like a, a pro bowler, and against Carolina, he looked absolute garbage. I think the Giants have a lot more fight in them than they're really showing, and I know this is in the Dome, but I I like the Giants to cover this. Seven and a half just seems like a lot for a team, the Saints, that have been so inconsistent, and I think the Giants could catch them off guard here. This has the feelings of the Lions last week or even the Dolphins where they had all the stuff of the quarterbacks and we didn't know what the hell was gonna, going on. And then they end up having that incredible comeback towards the end of the game. I don't know if the Giants end up forcing this to go to overtime or if they have a lead that the Saints kickers, it's still Will Lutz, ends up kicking a 66-yarder. But I think the Giants keep this a little closer than, a, than more than a touchdown. So I'm going to take the G-men to cover 7.5 to appease Jake after that mean Mets joke. <laughs> but I, uh, my, actually Jake, before I get with my college picks since you are a Giants fan, what do you think about that? I mean, I'm, I'm praying that you're right. I'm praying that they have a little bit of fight in them. They're the most frustrating team to watch. Cause you know, we know we're not making the playoffs this year, but at the end of the day, this team should be two and one. They lost to an inept, um, Atlanta Falcons team. 
and uh, the the heartbreaking loss against the Washington football team was just terrible. To win the game, have no discipline to stay on sides, and then lose the game that was um, that was not a great Thursday night for me. Yeah, I was. I mean, you're right. They should have won that game, and I fully know the the discipline angle of it of the Eagles looking terrible against the Cowboys. So it's uh, I don't know. I, I think I think there's some fight in them that's going to show. So we'll have to see where it goes from here. I pray um, to God you're right. But it comes to me, and it is my I the first college pick, my final pick of the evening, um, and I'm looking at a game that I think the line is low because. One of these teams, the team that's favored by 10.5 points, has had two back-to-back weeks of kind of strange football um, where they arguably should have lost last week, two weeks ago, but a much closer game against a Big Ten opponent that is basically the Big Ten version of Texas. Um, And no, Matt, I don't mean Michigan, for all the people that are thinking out there, mainly Matt's brothers. Um I'm going with the Oklahoma Sooners, going to Kansas State. Kansas State, a team that has had a pretty good offense and has scored a, you know, at a decent clip and has played a pretty solid schedule so far. They just lost Oklahoma State last week, so they're coming off a loss. And I think back-to-back Big 12 opponents, I think the Sooners continue it on and keep their playoff hopes alive. They look like they should be in that top four arg- argument. Uh, obviously, Iowa in Penn State, are that Big Ten battle. Penn State looks really good right now. Oregon looks really good. But I think Oklahoma wants to continue in that conversation. There's another team or another two teams that I have a feeling Matt may be going back to a well for. But I like the Sooners <laughs> and, Sp- and Spencer Rattler, who fell out of the Heisman co- conversation, or at least out of the – maybe not out of the conversation, but out of the favoritism in Vegas. I like him to have a big game here against a Kansas State team that's usually a tough out, tough defensive team. But I like the run and gun of the, the Sooners to take care of business. It's only 10.5 points. I think it's because the Sooners have played teams really close in the last couple of weeks. But I like this to be a, a big win for them, a statement win to kick off October and reignite the Spencer Rattler Heisman chase. He was getting booed. They wanted him to be replaced yeah. against West Virginia. But you know what? You're probably right. So, Jordy, I, I am up next for my college pick. Now, Jake, can you at least. Can you tell me the the conference of – I don't want to pick the same – I want to take one of your picks here. I already took one. What is the conference of the team you were thinking of, of, of taking? The SEC is where I want to go. Perfect. And I will stay away. But I, I, I was burnt once, and I won't be burnt twice as far as I'm concerned. So I am going to take the Cincinnati Bearcats going to Notre Dame – a two-point favorite. That's essentially a cover. In my essentially a pick them in my mind. I know maybe one, but I love Cincinnati in this game. I think this is their opportunity for a statement win to really help them out. And I and I'm taking them to beat the Fighting Irish. I thought Purdue would do it. I thought a lot of teams would do it. But I am taking Notre Dame in this one. You're taking Cincy or Notre Dame? You've said both. Oh, sorry, Cincy. Oh, I screwed go. that up. God, I was so excited. I was on a war well, You took path. Notre Dame last week to beat Wisconsin, <laughs> and you got that right. Well, no, 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 no. I took them to cover against Wisconsin. And then they I don't won. know what was in your notes. So they won. They did cover, technically, so yeah, it worked out they covered. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. All right, Jake, you had an SEC game. Are you going with the game, 
Or are you going? Actually, there's two the games in the SEC this week. Which one are you going with? I am not. I believe the game that you're talking about is the Rat Poison game. The Rat Poison game, yes. Go Where ahead. it's going to be Ole Miss. Somehow that's the game now. Ole Miss versus yeah. Alabama. We know Alabama is going to roll them, but um, no, that is not the game I'm going with. I am going with the Hogs versus the Dogs. Yes. Somebody tell the master me. Master the Apprentice. <laughs> so, well, somebody tell me how. Uh, what is it? Six versus two, two versus six. I understand Georgia at home, but 16 and a half points is what I saw that or that line at, or was it even higher? I have it at 18 Might and a half now. 18 and a half. Georgia's beat Vanderbilt. That's not really a school. It's not really a football school. I think we can agree on. And they've, they beat the sisters of the poor, including Clemson. They put up 10 points against Clemson. We know the defense is good. Can they put up 21 points? Uh, and hold them to zero? No. I even have a score prediction for you guys. So when it hits, we're going to go back to this moment. 24-14 Georgia is going to be the okay. score. Okay. I love that. The The apprentice gets – well, still does not get the better of, but he covers. He covers. Against the master. Great teams cover. Oh, yeah. The Haugs plus 18 and a half. And that oh, it's is – It's intriguing, by the way, but – what did you say, 21-14? I'm writing this down. 24-14 is yeah. the final. I like this. That's that's the tiebreaker. If you get if you get that right, it's the ultimate. <laughs> I think I'll, I'll jump ahead of Emily. <laughs> there we go. That's the tiebreaker. Yeah. I love it. Well, Jake, any last uh, things you want to shout out before you head out? Any Flyers predictions for us? Anything crazy like that? Nope, nope. I'm gonna let you guys uh, wait for my next visit to uh, to hear my my Flyers complaints. I love Another it. day. Um, well, I'm looking forward you. to the sit down with Mitch again, and maybe we can get some uh, good ones out of him. Yeah, he's been waiting a year for this, so <laughs> I hope you guys uh, enjoy that. But thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure as, as always, gentlemen. And sit back, ready to watch some football. Oh yeah, gonna be a great weekend, Jake. We cannot thank you enough, and we will catch you later. Thanks, guys. That is going to do it for this episode. A special thanks again to Jake Goldberg for hopping on to be this week's guest picker. Always a fun time when he can hop on. For those that don't know, he and I hosted a radio show in high school, so it's always fun to bring the band back together. We'll also be really excited once we can get his dad on. Hopefully all together, the three of us last year, of course. It was over Zoom, but it seemed like a really popular episode, so can't wait to bring that to you all again. But that'll do it. Let us know what you think about us talking about the Eagles at the start of the show. We normally, in the past, have done this post-NFL segment kind of to wrap things up and then closing it out. We're trying to change things up, so let us know what you think. If you want to see something after this, if you want solo pod shenanigans from me talking about other things that are going on in the sports world, obviously hockey's about to come back, so we'll bring that podcast back with Greg and Mark. The baseball playoffs start next week. So I'm sure Greg and I, or at the very least I, will try to preview the wildcard games and the divisional rounds and all that kind of stuff. But let us know about this last segment in the football show. Obviously, always trying to fulfill requests and listen to you guys. That's how the Instagram reaction video happened from my friend Katie Winkler, who asked, hey, do you guys do instant reactions? Which we kind of did at the start of the show, but wanted to do one on the Instagram because... They're coming back for the Flyers, and 
They're now here for the Eagles, and people really seem to like those. So we listen to those requests. Follow us on Instagram, Thunderblog Sports, ThunderBLG on Twitter. Join the Facebook group, the Bullpen Cart Podcast. I don't, I should use it more. I was about to say I don't use it as often, but I should use it more. But we listen to all the requests there. We listen to fan questions and, and everything like that. So let us know, and we will go from there and keep improving. But thank you for listening. Subscribe to the Bullpen Cart wherever you get your podcasts if you're not already. But we will talk to you next week. And fly, Eagles, fly!